if this matters to, to anyone hearing, they should be calling or emailing their representatives, uh, their senators, and expressing their support and explaining why it matters. Uh, patients who are willing to share their stories are not only courageous and appreciated, um, but really are the key to getting this kind of policy passed. Uh, you know, how else would legislators understand what you're going through if uh, folks don't speak up? This is Talking Points, a public affairs podcast from Lessica Camper Communications, offering insights on the people, policies, and issues impacting Ohio and other regions of the country. Welcome to Talking Points. This is Mark Rickle with Lessick Camper Communications. The costs for rare disease therapies are often very expensive given the complexities involved in manufacturing them and the small patient populations. While some patients get help to cover a portion of their high out-of-pocket costs, health insurers have a policy called copay accumulators that prevents such help from counting towards their copays or deductible requirements for the year. There is a legislative effort underway in Ohio to address the copay accumulator issue, and I'm joined today by Sam Cox, State Government Relations Manager with the National Psoriasis Foundation. Now, these policies hurt psoriasis patients and many other Ohioans with chronic and life-threatening illnesses. Sam's joins us today to help us understand the issue, how it affects the patients, and what's being done to help these patients. Sam, thank you for joining us today. Um, let's get it off started. Um, will, you, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, about the National Psoriasis Foundation, and then what exactly is psoriasis and how does that affect patients who have the disease? Sure, sure. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you having me on today. Um, as you said, I'm Sam Cox, State Government Relations Manager for the National Psoriasis Foundation. I've been with the foundation for almost two years now. Uh, the NPF is the leading national nonprofit organization that supports research on psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis and advocating for the needs of the psoriatic disease community. I'm headquartered in Alexandria, Virginia, um, just outside D.C. And of course, we have advocates and staff all across the country. Psoriasis is often misunderstood. Uh, we know that it affects more than 3% of the U.S. adult population. That's more than 7.5 million U.S. adults. And we're estimating that that includes about 300,000 Ohioans. Um, it's an immune-mediated disease. That just means that it's a disease with no clear cause that is marked by inflammation um, that's caused by dysfunction in the immune system. This inflammation, though it happens throughout the body, there may be visible and, no, and noticeable signs of this inflammation, such as raised plaques or scales on the skin. This is what most people think of when they think of psoriasis. But this inflammation that it causes also affects other things in the body. Um, about one in three people with psoriasis also develop psoriatic arthritis. Uh, this, of course, is very challenging for people. This is the stiffness, swelling, and pain in the joints, areas around the joints. This often goes undiagnosed, especially in its less severe forms. Um, it also can be misdiagnosed. So obviously, it's best to treat these things as early as possible to help avoid quality life issues and permanent joint damage, which is why we like to support good legislation um, like the bill we're talking about today. What exactly is a copay accumulator? Yeah, so certainly no lack of creativity when they came up with that name, uh, copay accumulator adjustment program. 
first let's talk about what copay assistance is. I guess just to set it up, um, copay assistance is real money, it's not to be confused with discounts or coupons. It's real money financial assistance that's generally, not always, but generally provided by manufacturers or nonprofit organizations. And the point of it is to help patients afford their medications or other healthcare treatments. Uh, it's definitely a complex policy area, but in its simplest form, a copay accumulator adjustment program is a practice um, or policy that ensures enact to collect copay assistance without counting it towards a patient's cost sharing obligations like their deductibles um, or out of pocket maximums. That's a little confusing, but there's a great example um, that's often used to illustrate this. Say you were going to college and tuition was $20,000 and you received a $10,000 scholarship. So the school gets the, the scholarship money, the $10,000, and you write a $10,000 check. You think all is well and that it's paid, but sometime later on, you get a letter and an invoice for $10,000 that you owe, and you're told that they aren't counting the scholarship money towards your tuition even though they accepted the scholarship money. This process happens all the time. Patients get a call from the pharmacy. Real story here, a, a lady um, gets a call that she owes $3,000 for her medicine for this month. And she's confused. Um, she's never had to pay this much before. And she's asked what changed. You know, she, she's wondering what is, what is different this time. And she's told that with her plan changes, the changes in her health plan, that her copay assistance was no longer counted. And the call ended with her thinking that she could no longer get treatment, or at least not in the near term. Uh, but fortunately, you know, she was blessed in that she was eventually able to come up with the money. But a lot of people um, couldn't have done that. Most people could not have. And this practice isn't foreign to Ohio. Credit to the AIDS Institute here. In their report earlier this year, they found that eight out of the 11 marketplace plans in Ohio have these copay accumulator adjustment programs. Um, so that's almost 73%, which speaks to the need uh, for this legislation. Again, we're with Sam Cox, State Government Relations Manager of the National Psoriasis Foundation. Sam, can, we've mentioned this legislation a couple of times. It's, can you tell us about House Bill 177 and why are the health insurers opposed to this legislation? Sure, that's a great question. Uh, House Bill 177 is sponsored by Representative Susan Manchester. She's been a great champion on this issue and a strong voice for patients. Um, though this is a complex issue, House Bill 177 is a simple bill that would have a big impact. It would simply require that when a health plan is calculating cost sharing requirements, that any amounts paid by the insured or on behalf of the insured, this goes back to copay assistance, whether it's manufacturers or your uncle or anybody else, all the amounts that are paid count towards those cost sharing obligations. So it would essentially end the practice of copay accumulators. So Sam, uh, it seems like a very logical solution for a problem that impacts so many. Why are the health insurance, uh, why, why are the health insurers opposed to this legislation? That really is a big question, Mark. And, you know, personally, I've not heard a single sound or legitimate argument in support of accepting this real money assistance, but then not counting it. Um, though they oppose this legislation, um, they'll list off a few reasons why it shouldn't be counted. Uh, one that they allege is that this copay assistance uh, allows patients to go around or to circumvent, circumvent plan design and go right to the highest cost drugs. This is really a moot point because patients 
especially the patients um, taking specialty medications like biologics, must first go through other hurdles that the insurers have put in place like prior authorization or step therapy and it, before being granted access to the medication in the first place. And then only after receiving the approval for the medication um, from the health plan can the patients request, generally, can they only then request um, the copay assistance. Another argument that we hear is that copay assistance that's provided by pharmaceutical manufacturers, the allegation is that this keeps drug prices high by incentivizing the use of high cost treatments instead of lower cost generic alternatives or generic equivalents. And this is honestly, Mark, pretty much a false argument because these policies are in large part targeting specialty treatments like biologics, of which there aren't any or many generic equivalents. So in, in most cases, there just aren't other options. And then one argument we've come across, you know, comments that we've heard is that if patients don't like the accumulator policies, they should choose a health plan that works better for them or be better healthcare consumers. And this is really silly and callous and it disregards the entire reality of the way the system works. If people could obtain better or if people could obtain access to better plans or afford better plans, they absolutely would. You know, unfortunately, folks don't have that luxury. It's jobs and income, geographical location that dictate what's available. And again, in Ohio, um, 70 percent of marketplace plans, over 70 percent of these marketplace plans have these programs anyway. So they're certainly opposed to it. Um, but still, there's there's no reasonable argument against this legislation. And it really is fascinating that such a program can even exist that would essentially allow you to get paid twice. And, and what are other states doing? I've, I've understood that a number of other states have already passed similar legislation. Yes, uh, other states have. In fact, Ohio, um, in the previous assembly, this was House Bill 135. In Ohio, it worked its way unanimously through committee and even on the House floor with a vote of 89 to 0. Unfortunately, it couldn't get traction in the Senate um, and was refiled this year as House Bill 177. As we discussed, but I believe the first copay accumulator bill um, or similar legislation to this was passed in Virginia in 2019. And since then, a total of 19 states have passed similar legislation. States like Texas, Colorado, Tennessee, Connecticut, even neighboring West Virginia and Kentucky, North and Michigan. Um, there's a bill that hasn't passed yet, but it's working its way through. Uh, so this is passed in deep red states, in deep blue states. Um, in purple states. I always like to share this and, and credit to um, Mr. Gunderman in Wisconsin and his all copays count coalition there. But they gathered all the votes of the state legislators for those 19 states. And this legislation has passed 2,431 yes votes to 93 no votes. So absolutely overwhelmingly bipartisan support for this. Last week, a U.S. District Court in, in the District of Columbia uh, released a decision that the Health and Human Services 2021 Notice of Benefit and Payment Parameters uh, ruled authorizing copay accumulators is unlawful. Does that make this bill necessary or should we just keep going on? Yeah, I think that makes um, that's a great question, Mark, and this is a big topic. Right now, I think that that makes this bill even more necessary because we have to stay focused. We have to stay focused. You know, those legal opinions 
are very complex, very complicated. Um, while that is a great victory, and while um, we are happy that you know this was called what it is, arbitrary and capricious, we would expect that there would be some kind of appeal, some other lengthy legal process. And in the meantime, Ohioans need to be able to afford their medications. We need to keep pushing on this bill because we don't know what will happen in the future. Great ruling, but unfortunately, we don't think it's the final word on the issue. Okay, great. Well, you know, that's all the time we have. Um, we thank Sam Cox for coming on and talking to us a little bit about this important issue. Sam, anything to add? Is there a place where uh, folks could get information, whether it be with the uh, National Psoriasis Foundation or any other resources available you know of? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Mark. I, I do always like to add to encourage people to always look at their plan documents, look at their explanation of benefits, what they're paying at the pharmacy counter. Um, it can be complicated, but it's so certainly important to know what is happening. Um, I think it's also important that whoever hears this um, and is interested finds a way to get behind House Bill 177. Um, it's important common sense legislation that would be meaningful to countless Ohioans, especially those that are having to endure chronic diseases. If this matters to, to anyone hearing, they should be calling or emailing their representatives, uh, their senators, and expressing their support and explaining why it matters. Uh, patients who are willing to share their stories are not only courageous and appreciated, um, but really are the key to getting this kind of policy passed. Uh, you know, how else would legislators understand what you're going through if uh, folks don't speak up? They matter, and it matters. Also, I'll say to anyone interested uh, to visit psoriasis.org. That's the NPF website, of course. There you can learn more about us, get involved, learn about treatments, scroll through some great research, request resources from our patient navigation center. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Um, it's all about helping people and getting House Bill 177 through would be a meaningful victory for a lot of people. And we intend to keep working on it. Thank you for listening to Talking Points. You can download previous podcast episodes by visiting lessitcamper.com slash talkingpoints or searching directories such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google.